This is Dr. Pedro Ramirez, Editor-in-Chief of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer, and today I have the great pleasure of uh, discussing the topic of laparoscopic surgery at interval cell reduction in ovarian cancer patients with Dr. Alejandro Raujain, who is an assistant professor in the Department of Gynecologic Oncology and Reproductive Medicine at MD Anderson Cancer Center. And particularly today, we're going to talk about a very interesting trial that is now in development called the LANS trial, uh, which uh, stands for laparoscopic assessment um, after neoadjuvant chemotherapy in advanced ovarian cancer. So welcome, Alejandro. Thank you, Pedro, and thank you so much for this invitation. So, Alejandro, um, would you please uh, put the topic of laparoscopic surgery at the time of interval cell reduction in perspective to current uh, clinical practice? In other words... Uh, where do we stand today as it pertains to this subject? Yep. So we, in general, use uh, this kind of approach for patients that presented with advanced stage ovarian cancer, either 3C or 4, that received neoadjuvant chemotherapy and that had a very uh, pronounced response to chemotherapy based on imaging and biomarkers, tumor markers, and that we think it's feasible to complete a side reduction through a minimal invasive approach. Um, Currently, there is actually very limited data to support um, this approach. There is data from Anna Fagotti in Italy that has shown feasibility from from doing minimal invasive minim, for minimal invasive cytoreduction after uh, neoadjuvant chemotherapy. And there is some retrospective data that we have published uh, within with within this within this topic that has shown again that it's feasible and appears to be safe. But again, it's very limited data. So I know that obviously there have been some limitations with regards to the broad acceptance of uh, laparoscopic surgery at the time of uh, interval cell reduction for various reasons. Um, What do you think are the the main concerns with this issue? Why is there not a broader acceptance of of laparoscopic surgery at interval cell reduction? Um, Where do you think the main concerns lie? I think the main concern lies in whether we can really remove all the tumor at the time of interval laparoscopic surgery and whether doing a minimal invasive, um, through, through a minimal invasive approach, we can really assess whether we had removed all the tumors. I think that would be probably the biggest uh, concern that other surgeons might have. Yeah, and I think a lot of this has risen about uh, out of the fact that uh, in many of the studies that have proposed laparoscopic surgery for interval cell reduction, um, there really has not been a, a very thorough evaluation postoperatively to determine whether there is any evidence of residual disease. Correct, and I don't, you know, I think that is absolutely one of the biggest concerns that I would have, like implementing this kind of approach. So obviously we know that in, in, in many uh, different scenarios in gynecologic oncology, we implement a surgical strategy and often becomes a standard of care without evidence from uh, prospective randomized trial. And certainly we, we learned recently uh, of the potential danger uh, of that approach in, in cervical cancer. Um, but for this particular question, the question of implementing laparoscopy as a standard of care at the interval set of reduction, um, do you consider there's a need for a prospective randomized trial evaluating laparoscopy versus the standard of care, which would be the open approach? You know, I think I think the LAC trial really showed us that just making an inference that we think it's safe, it's not pro- it's probably not the best approach. So I absolutely think that there is a need for a randomized controlled trial. And I think interestingly, when you look at the, when we have looked at the data from 
from the United States, when we looked at like, the National Cancer Database, what it's striking to me is the fact that more than 20% of the patients that receive neoadjuvant chemotherapy are undergoing a minimal invasive side reduction. So more than 20% of the patients are, all, are already undergoing this kind of approach. So you, um, you are obviously now in the process of developing the LANS trial. Um, what, what is the, the primary objective of the trial, and, and what are the outcome measures that you're looking at? Yeah, so f first of all, I think I want to just mention that this is an effort between MD Anderson and in addition to Anna Fagotti uh, and Dr. Cambia in Rome, in addition to Columbia University. Um, so in the laparoscopic cytoreduction after neoadjuvant chemotherapy trial, the LANCE trial, the primary objective of this prospective multicenter randomized study is to compare minimal invasive surgery compared to open surgery among those patients that receive neoadjuvant chemotherapy. That is the primary objective, and, and what we're looking at is disease-free survival. And, and um, along with that, what are the secondary objectives of the trial? So we're interested in other uh, secondary objectives, such as quality of life. What are the rates of optimal cell reduction? What are the rates of optimal cell reduction to, no, to less than one centimeter overall survival? And what is the conversion rate between minimal invasive to open surgery? And tell us a little bit about um, determining the adequacy of surgeon proficiency, because obviously you're looking at involving multiple centers, not only um, in the United States, but also internationally. How are you going to be able to determine that the surgeons are skilled to do a laparoscopic uh, interval side of reduction? I think in any surgical trial, I think measuring or having some kind of measurement to um, to determine adequacy of surgical proficiency is critical. So with, with this regards, we have a search committee where we, um, where we are independently evaluating each of the centers first. And within, in each of the centers, we're looking for at least two surgeons that are proficient in uh, performing minimal invasive surgery. And we're looking at that certain number of cases that they have performed. In addition to that, um, the committee really wants to look at how many cases they perform a year, how, you know, what is their experience. In addition to, and in to on top of that, we also want to have some videos. So we're going to assess at least two videos that showed them performing an interval laparoscopic debulking procedure in order to really assess whether they are proficient doing this kind of approach. Yeah, I think that that will obviously be very critical, particularly as you finish your study and depending on what those results show, the, the issue of surgeon proficiency, it, it's always a, a, an issue of contention and, and debate. So I think that's very smart to, to do that. Um, tell us a little bit more now about the, the study design and uh, uh, with regards to inclusion and exclusion criteria. Um, when do the patients get uh, randomized? And, and just some of the details for, for other centers to hopefully um, learn about the, the study. So as I mentioned before, this is a multi-center and I think we're gonna we're planning to open it in several countries, um, randomized, uh, prospective, um, and what we are looking at is at patients with advanced stage ovarian cancer, three C and four, that received neoadjuvant chemotherapy, three to four cycles only, and that had a complete or partial response to the neoadjuvant chemotherapy, measured by RESIST criteria, and also that they had a normalization of CA125, and we spent a lot of time trying to figure out what was the best inclusion criteria for this trial. And 
we think that within looking at those patients that had a response and imaging and normalization of CA125, we can really identify those patients that will probably benefit the most from a minimal invasive approach. And then now, <clears throat> with regards to the, um, the details on the criteria for determining, first, if a patient should be considered for interval surgery, and second, to proceed with a laparoscopic approach, because obviously there, there's wide variation in, in, in general practice as to who is the ideal candidate for, for surgery. Um, what do you use, and, and what should this study uh, evaluate uh, as it pertains to determining which patient is going to surgery? The, the best patients to undergo minimal invasive surgery are those patients that have an excellent response to neoadjuvant chemotherapy. And that, I mean, the way we measure that is based on imaging. So for this trial, we want to make sure that they have either, I mean, ideally a complete response based on resist, resist criteria or at least a partial response. And then on imaging, we're sure that the C sites are sites where we can actually remove them through a minimal invasive approach. And I think the other part that I think is critical for this study, at least initially, we want to have a normalization of CA125. So we are really restricting the patient population to those patients that had a very good response and that we think are, it's very likely that we can accomplish the procedure laparoscopic. You know, it's very important for us to look at what are the conver conversion rates to laparotomy, and we're expecting that within this criteria, we're going to have a less than 25% conversion rate. And uh, I know that in the study design, there were some discussions previously with regards to when the randomization will take place. Um, have you come to a definitive uh, decision as to when the randomization is going to take place? So, yeah, we also had a lot of discussions about that. And what this, we decided is that the randomization is going to take place before the procedure. And that way, there's a known, you know, we, we can avoid bias. Uh, at some point, we were struggling whether we were going to make the decision at the time of the surgery. But at the end, I think the better approach is just to make that decision before the surgery. So presumably, the patient will be randomized at the clinic visit rather than in the operating room. Correct. And I think that would make it easier for investigators um, as well. And then you mentioned now that your primary objective was uh, disease-free survival. Uh, and as you know, obviously now there are many patients who are not just getting chemotherapy. They're not just getting carboplatinum and taxol as neoadjuvant chemotherapy. They're often on clinical trials during the time of uh, the neoadjuvant chemotherapy. And in addition to that, there are patients that after they have their surgery, they go on to other clinical trials that either have a third agent or even sometimes they go on to have uh, adjuvant therapy. Um, maintenance therapy. How does this factor into your analysis of your outcome? So we also spent a lot of time trying to figure out what was the right patient population. And, you know, I think at the end, we decided that we were going to allow patients that receive maintenance treatments in addition to patients that are enrolled in all clinical trials. So we want to kind of make it as a real world experience. So in order to control for that, we're going to stratify. So we're going to stratify by stage, BRCA status, whether patients receive maintenance treatment either with a PARP inhibitor or um, angiogenesis inhibitors. And other, in addition to that, we're going to allow patients to be enrolled if they participate in other, in, in other non-surgical trials. As long as we know 
beforehand, before randomization, whether they are participating in other non-surgical clinical trials. On top of that, we also will allow patients to receive HIPEC. Again, as long as we know that that's the plan before randomization and the steering committee agrees with the HIPEC protocol. So we, we are really broadening the patient population for this trial. And then, Alejandro, I believe you mentioned that there was also a component of quality of life. Yep. And, and tell us a little bit about that. So we are going to have two measurements for quality of life. We're going to look at the ERTC QLQ30 and also the FAT, the FAT G. So I think, you know, for when, whenever you're creating like maybe a new approach, you also want to show that there's other way that you can also improve. So, you know, with minimal invasive surgery, quality of life, you know, can be something that you can really impact. So we're very interested in looking at the quality of life measures as well. And as far as you know, uh, are these uh, tools of quality of life measurement available in other languages? Yes, they are. How many patients do you hope to accrue onto this trial? So the trial is designed in two phases. The first phase is a pilot study where we want to assess the feasibility. First of all, whether we can recruit patients and also um, that the conversion rate is less than 25%. So for that pilot study, we are looking at 100 patients open at seven centers. And if we can move on to the second phase for the phase, the, the reality, the phase three randomized trial, it's around 600 patients. I see. So a total of 700 patients. A uh, no, total of 600 patients. Oh, okay, so because the, the first 100 will count exactly. as well. Yep. So uh, how about if centers want to get involved? How can they contact you or how do, how do they get a hold of the protocol? So um, we are definitely actively looking for centers that are interested in participating in this study. Um, I'm, I have personally communicated with centers in the United States, and Anna Fogori has communicated with some centers in Europe. So, but if there are any other centers that are interested, they can contact me directly, and they can send me an email. And my email is jarauh at mdanderson.org. I'm just going to say it again, uh, J-A-R-A-U-H at mdanderson.org. Great. Excellent. Thank you so much, Alejandro. And uh, in, in terms of any closing uh, statements, uh, uh, anything that I haven't asked you? Um, I, think, I think we went through everything, I think. But I would say that I think this is an exciting trial. I think it's a much-needed study. As I mentioned before, 20% of the, at least 20% of the cases in the United States after neoadjuvant chemotherapy are currently performed through a minimal invasive approach. And I do think that before we increase those numbers, we really need to have prospective data to show that it's safe. Um, so I do think that this is a much needed, and I think we're very excited that this is going to be a collaboration among multiple centers around the world. And I think it just will show that we can collaborate to perform these uh, international surgical trials. Well, Alejandro, congratulations in putting this together, and I wish you lots of luck, and we're looking forward to seeing the results of this trial. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Pedro.